Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Unwritten Rule fans, you can catch us every Monday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Believe Unwritten and enjoy the show. On today's episode of The Unwritten Rule, we do not need to focus all on men's basketball being horrible uh, because we've got some football pressers to talk about. We had Drinkwitz and the assistants. They were at the podium ahead of the start of spring camp, so we got some stuff just hit on there. Nothing super crazy, but uh, we're going to predict who we think might start along the offensive line. Kind of a way too early uh, sort of spring camp prediction, but now we're in that season, so exciting stuff. Some storylines will start to emerge. we got some special teams battles. We we on this podcast are big special teams supporters, at least Kenny and I are, with Kenny's love for long snappers. Um, Peyton in the waiting room is, is shaking his head no vehemently, so he is not a special teams fan. Um, but he's a big he's a big Eric Link guy. But anyway, we're going to talk about everything that Drink was talking about from his NCAA 25 comment to uh, some of the battles we might see positionally. Then we will recap the uh, Florida game. Unfortunately, another loss for Mizzou men's basketball. So that's great. And then preview a game that Peyton last time we talked, or one of the recent times we talked said, it's probably the best, the Tigers best chance to win when they take on Ole Miss at home on Saturday. So we'll talk about that. Uh, then we had a great interview. We talked to um, on three's Notre Dame beat writer. You might be wondering why we talked to him. Uh, his name is Jack Sobel. And in fact, he used to be with Kenny on the Mizzou football beat. Uh, he was at the NFL combine. So he talked to, some of the Mizzou guys got quotes from them, uh, so we're gonna we got a great report from him about how uh, some of those future Mizzou pros are. So stick around for that. That was a great interview uh, with Max Sobel, and then we'll do quick hits. We got jerseys of the week, Shawnee's main birds, best things we learned, and all that fun stuff. Uh, so great show for you guys. Plenty of football to dive into. Football is back already. Um, we needed it to be with with how horrible men's basketball has been. But with that, we'll dive into it. Before we start, quick word from the sponsor. Bet online. Bet online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With all the up-to-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile devices. Send to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V Believe for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. March Madness is almost here. So plenty of uh, betting lines you should get. But with that, let's dive into the show. The Unwritten Rule starts right now. Attention. Everybody stop what you're doing. It's time for The Unwritten Rule, a Mizzou sports podcast brought to you by the Believe Network alongside Peyton Haverman and Kenny Van Doren. Here is your host, Jack Knowlton. Welcome back to The Unwritten Rule. Today is Friday, March 1st, which I should point out, we're recording on a on a rare a rare day. I don't know if we'll ever get an unwritten leap year recording session ever again, February 29th. Uh, so happy leap year. Uh, happy birthday to all those who are turning like five or whatever when you're actually 20. Um, have you guys Former... ever met a leap year? Yeah, actually, I was going to say that. Yeah. Former Astros outfielder Bly Madrice's birthday is today. <sighs> And the only reason I found out is because the TV broadcaster says, I don't usually do this, but this is one I won't forget. I won't have to do for another couple of years. Happy birthday, right. Bly Madris. And I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Justin Bieber <laughs> is also a leap year baby. I, I kind of remember that from when I was younger. I, I can look it up as well, Jack. 
Okay, look it up. Uh, but also, I did. I, I like knew one of those school schoolyard tales that you'd be told. <laughs> but I don't know. That could be true. Tall tale. Okay, it says well, March first, yeah. but I remember there was something out there. This birthday's actually. Today. You remember? You remember being lied to? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Happy Happy Leap Year to everybody. I knew some kids like growing up there. Like I had like neighbors that were born on a leap year, and that was wild. They could have, I guess, also been lying. It was we were kids, but uh, anyway. It is March 1st when you're listening to this, regardless, but hope everyone had a fun leap year. We got plenty to dive into, Kenny and Peyton, and uh, we don't have to start with the misery that is men's basketball because we had uh, Eli Drinkwitz and his assistants doing their pressers ahead of Mizzou's spring camp. Um, and we got some we got some pretty fun nuggets, some pretty, like, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy at this point in the season. We're not going into a spring camp with a quarterback battle like we were last year, um, so we won't have to speculate, you know, when Mizzou posts social media clips of Brady Cook or Sam Horn and analyze who's better, unfortunately, because Sam Horn is not going to see the field because he has Tommy John surgery. And that's where we'll start because he did Drinkwitz did provide updates on uh, Sam Horn and then Isaac Thompson, uh, the sophomore who has a lower leg injury. Obviously, Sam Horn, we knew, uh, will not be playing for quite some time recovering from Tommy John surgery. But Isaac Thompson probably just expect to be a depth piece. Um you know, thoughts on that. And then just, yeah, general, nice to just see uh, the Mizzou coaches back at the podium. Yeah, Lecture, we got, podium. we we got to hear from a uh, shout out Pete Bland. Uh, we got yeah. to hear from Kirby Moore, uh, Corey Batoon and Eric Link. So be prepared to not hear from them for another six months, but um, it was good. It's good that we're just kind of getting back into this now. Uh, spring football, you know, it's kind of just more about like, it's not really a, you don't get a ton solved in spring, but you get a few questions answered. Um, one thing Mizzou's going to have answered is probably who is at least QB three going to be. Um, I know Drinkwitz got up and said like Tommy Locke was an option at backup, but then Kirby Moore came up and said it was really going to be more Glover and Harold Blood Jr. getting the majority of the reps. Uh, or at least getting a ton of reps at the backup spot behind Brady Cook. So I wouldn't expect that. But again, we've harped on this before. QB2 is probably not on the roster right now. Um, but yeah, good to get everything back going. It sucks for Thompson in particular. I mean, his career has just been riddled with injuries. He is out with the injury he suffered last summer. Um, I don't know if they ever specifically said what it was, but that's a bummer for him because he has just not even had a chance to show what he could be because he's just been hurt or sick or whatever. Yeah. And, and people are like, I probably don't know Isaac Thompson. He was a four-star in high school. He was a, a high, highly rated recruit, especially in the state of Missouri coming over from the St. Louis area. Uh, when I was on the beat in 2022, drink was talked about getting him involved in special teams. He played in that Florida game. Those kept pretty close. There were some unsung heroes in that Florida game. And Isaac Thompson was kind of one of them on, on the special teams unit, ended up playing in that New Mexico state game, got the red shirt there. Didn't play last year, uh, because of that injury still has uh, three seasons left of eligibility, according to Mizzou football. So hopefully he can kind of get back in there and, and find something that's secondary or in special teams whenever he's healthy. On the topic, though, of, of looking at spring football, winter workouts, and then you look at the summer, I always like to think it's the spring football and those winter workouts get a lot more like hype to them because there's a game involved and a lot of these fans get to go and watch it and 
reporters do as well. I, there's a lot of like thinning out about who's going to who's going to play and who's not and who's going to be the true backups right now. And you're going to see guys jump in the portal once that opens in April. And a lot of guys, some guys will be joining the program from other schools like lower power fives or high uh, or I guess lower power fours now and high group of fives um, that, that want a better opportunity at, at the next level. So. Right now, it's just kind of looking at that. I think the summer is where everything's going to pick up. You're going to guys are going to start hitting each other a lot more often. Uh, you're going to find the guys that are really going to be competing for starting jobs this year. And of course, they're out the season. You get a freshman or sophomore that sneaks in there and ends up fighting for a roster spot and, and ends up taking it. But right now, I, I would put a lot more like um, a lot more interest into the summer once those rosters are kind of set after the the second transfer portal. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I feel like there's always someone that like. You know, you get to the middle of the season, you're like, they look so great in the spring game. What happened? Now they're not playing. And it's like, you know, people, yeah, people put a little bit of weight on that. And there there are going to be big questions to answer in the transfer portal. Of course, like Peyton kind of alluded to, you know, being that that third quarter or getting that second quarterback possibly with Aiden Glover, um, you know, and Harold Blood being the only two, whether they go for a backup, who that is, you know, that that seems to be kind of the biggest thing. Um, some other nuggets, we had, uh, I guess they're releasing – like like players of the day during spring spring camp at each position group so you had a you had Jamarian Wayne who I just think we should touch on as just a he's just had a wild saga um you know he's he's at corner he's recruited as a receiver he switched to safety switched back to receiver he's been on both sides of the ball like a reverse Chris Abrams drain that then got reversed back I don't really know how to describe his season but I don't know any any thoughts on him any thoughts on just like I don't know the depth of this team where it's at right now with, with some of the guys you know of and who, who maybe you're, you're keeping an eye on. Well, it's good. He found the field on special teams because I mean, it's hard to switch positions three times and start to find the field at that position group. I will say corner is kind of like outside of QB two. Maybe I would say that's probably still the biggest need for them. If they can get someone out of the portal, I think that would be a pretty big advantage. Um, I mean, it's a good spot for Jamarian Wayne right now because it's probably the most likely position he would see the field other than special teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't. they just seem to kind of spin a wheel every time he shows up to a different start of practice. Yeah, also a guy that was highly rated coming out of high school. He was a four-star by 247, three-star by uh, Rivals, top 15 at Rivals, top 10 at 247, a guy that was – Highly sought out after at the wide receiver position comes in and plays safety. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but in the 2022 season, Jamarian Wayne, the, the reason we found out he was wide, playing wide receiver is during a hype up video for the bowl game. He was they, he was in the group with the wide receivers at practice. And we were my Jack Sobel, who Jack mentioned earlier. We we're watching that. We we're like, what the hell? Like, is he back at wide receiver now? Go and ask Drinkwitz. And he says, yes, he is, in fact, playing wide receiver again. Now he's at the cornerback position, a position that's a little bit thin coming into this year. One that's going to need some depth. So definitely could see Jamarian Wayne see the field at some point this next season. Only in football does that happen where you have players like slip through the cracks like that, where you can find out from a hype video what position they're actually playing because the rosters are just so deep. That That is fine. I don't remember that, but that is hilarious um, that we that we learned that. But, yeah, we'll see kind of who emerges as some depth pieces. That That's a good thing to watch for in the spring. The other thing, guys, that we can uh, we can take at least a stab at a way too early, maybe prediction at is what Mizzou's going to look like on this offensive line. Obviously, especially with Javon Foster gone, some losses there. 
Um, you expect, or you're expecting Connor Tolleson to retain his job at the center position, brought in Caden green. That's a big name. Uh, what would you guys predict right now to be the, the starting O line? Is there a, perhaps a position that is not, you know, that's that starter is not on the roster. What are you guys thinking for, uh, kind of a way too early O line prediction? I think the only spot that's kind of going to be up for grabs is left guard. Um, I think the other four are set. I don't see any movement. I know Drinkwitz said like last year, and he said a ton of times, like this can be all shuffled if they want, but it was such a good group last year. I wouldn't mess with the starters that do return. And then obviously Caden Green is going to be penciled in at left tackle. Um, So Connor Tolleson at center, let's pray to God he's only worked on snapping this off season. Um, Right tackle, obviously going to be Armand Membu. Right guard, Cameron Johnson was like an underrated piece to end the year. He was fantastic once he got his uh, second opportunity on that O-line after he was benched for Marcellus Johnson, but Marcellus Johnson got hurt. Um, left guard, I mean, it, you could see any number of guys. I, re- I remember Drinkwitz mentioned Javen Richardson, the transfer tackle. He's just a mountain of a human being. So maybe he's someone you look at for that position. I know Logan Reichert, if he's really like forcing the issue, like they got to just find a spot for him. He ideally eventually takes over at right tackle for Membu if Membu departs for the NFL. But maybe he gets in at left guard to start this year. I remember Curtis Piegler getting a little bit of hype and buzz last year, maybe the year before. So maybe he's someone that can push for that job. I don't. That's gonna kind of be an open season. Maybe the starter um, isn't on the roster yet, but those are three that I just thought of right off the top of my head. Where I kind of go with it is, you know, just size. Uh, you lose a guy in Xavier Delgado who probably didn't get as many flowers as he should have. Uh, we talked about how he went like over a year and a half without getting a penalty in the SEC, and that's incredible because you just I and mean, when you think about that offensive line you don't really think about Xavier Delgado you kind of just talk about Javon Foster and Arma Membu uh, I do like the Logan Riker just because he is he's just the size uh, he's 360 6'6 six, six. Um, he's already a big guy there's some guys some other freshmen and sophomores that are barely touching 300 right now of course that number will go up uh, with time guys like Ryan Justice uh, and looking more into these uh, Brandon Solis who is just under 300 at the moment. Those are two guys maybe you look down the future um, to be your bookend tackles. But for right now, I think you kind of just try to get Logan Reichert on that offensive line. He's a big body. They, they gave him a lot of praise last season as well. If they needed a guy to fill in at the guard or tackle position, they were going to look to Logan. And I can't talk about it enough. was also just a highly touted recruit coming out of the KC area. Four-star chose Mizzou over Oregon. Uh, There's a lot of people that were in on him, especially just com- contributing early just because he is so developed for his age. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think I think the open season is is the, the best way to describe it. And, yeah, like, you know, there seems to be some decent contenders on here. I feel like Riker's a, a good – I don't know. I don't, I don't really want to put a leading candidate on anybody because I have no insider info, but um, you know, who knows? That's what the the beauty of the transfer portal in this day and age is, is there, that someone could come in and maybe try and challenge uh, for that job, but we'll see. Um, we, we can't, we can't not talk about special teams in this podcast, especially me and Kenny. Cause for me, the biggest, the biggest news I got 
was that Blake Craig is going to start at kicker, which I think was the obvious um, segue from Harrison Mevis, who's departing for the NFL. I'm excited selfishly. I can start my Craig the Leg narrative, start that nickname, put it on a T-shirt. It's an easy NIL situation for the freshman. He's a good kicker, too, out of Kansas City. But then I think the more interesting battle uh, and kind of situation is at punter as well, where you've got you've got three guys, Peyton and Kenny, in contention for for that job. A job that, while Luke Bauer was the hero with his arm in one game, you know, you weren't sold on either him or Riley Williams last year. Yeah, I, I, I'll i start with – I'll let you guys take the bulk of this because you're the special teams fans. I am not a special teams fan. Um, but I was surprised by Blake Craig just being, like, the unquestioned starter. Like, you normally don't even hear coaches say it if it's true. Like, you normally will say they'll have to earn it, something like that. Um, but – I guess they're just that confident in him. He's got big shoes to fill figuratively and literally. Um, So uh, it's a lot of pressure, but we've seen young kicker. I mean, uh, Mevis was a true freshman that really kind of was just came in and dominated right away. So maybe Blake Craig getting a year to wait, maybe that'll help him. Um, Punter wise, I don't buy that this is a competition. They got Orion Phillips like right away. He's, I believe, the only scholarship punter. I don't believe Sapris and Bauer are on scholarship. That he's, It's going to be his to lose. I especially don't buy that Luke Bauer, who could not beat Riley Williams by the end of the year, is really going to be able to take this job from him, unfortunately. This continues to be an issue uh, at the punter position, not really having a solidified guy. And you look at some of the other positions on the special teams that Eric Link has just found guys that just stick. Uh, and talk about kicker, you talk about long snapper now with Brett LeBlanc and Jack Cotts, who's right behind him, was also a pretty highly rated long snapper, according to whatever um, whatever websites you look at for that stuff. But Brett LeBlanc is going to hold down that position. Um, he's I don't think we've ever seen a long snapper uh, hold on to a scholarship, and he got one at the end of the year. I remember talking to him during the 2022 cycle, asking him if he was signing. He was like, I'm not signing yet. I'm not on scholarship. I have to wait till February, but I'm going to be on campus early, which you don't see very often. You don't see that at all, really, to see it, especially just a long snapper. So him and Blake Craig are, are good buddies. Um, uh, they're very close. We saw him playing basketball once when we were still at the zoo uh, in, in the rec. So I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, pr- I'm pretty bullish about those two. Uh, for the punter position, of course, uh, you look at um, – trying to remember who is the, the punter who left – or Stonehouse. The reason yeah. Stonehouse left for Syracuse is because he wasn't giving a scholarship. Two years later, they have a scholarship for Ryan Phillips and Stonehouse, I think finished third team uh, ACC. So I, I think if they kind of work that out a little bit better, maybe they kept Stonehouse because he does come from a long line of uh, punters. Yeah, it is. It is weird. It's a, like we like to call it um, tonne- tongue in cheek or whatever you want to call it a a link master class sometimes and it's i don't know Uh, i i just hope it's it's like if orion phillips at punter just like locks that down and he's just the punter for the whole season it was kind of frustrating watching them watching them switch from williams to bauer and it was just like a a battle of mid for the whole year and i don't know williams eventually but yeah it was just it was yeah it was just bad um, I don't know. I, I like Blake Craig. I think, you know, you look at the kicker rankings and those like don't tell the story, but I mean, Peyton, you make a good point about true freshman kickers. I think I want to say Georgia's kicker this year was a true freshman. If I remember right. So, and, and, you know, Sounds he was nice. great. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just about how well you can, you can handle the pressure. So we'll see. 
Special teams. It's just the third. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore it, Peyton. It's the third phase of the game. Look at the Chargers team that missed playoffs a bunch of years ago. Special yeah. teams, okay. special players. <laughs> yeah, well, it also takes a special coach, and I don't know if Mizzou has one. Yeah. Let's all leave it at. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we also got some we also got some fun comments uh from Drink. He said uh Brett Norfleet, our guy, we are members of the Norfleet, uh would win a dunk contest. I this I, I want to point this out because this comment made me think of this. There was I think Nebraska did a dunk contest during it like a halftime of its basketball game where it let the football players do a dunk contest. I don't want Mizzou to ever do that because that they've is already done it. Someone. Not this year, but they, they well, let their players dunk on on the Mizzou practice. There was a, a video that went around of Brady Cook dunking on the basket the practice basketball court where we went for graduation. We actually got to step on the court that he dunked on. Yeah, didn't Luther Burden throw throw one down? I I feel like I remember that. I don't like but that. I have to go back and look. I think especially with with Mizzou's luck, you are you are begging for an injury. That's that's all I'm that's all I'm saying. But anyway, apparently he's the best dunker. And then the real funny thing that went kind of viral was that he um, was disappointed. Drinkwitz was of Mizzou's uh, NCAA twenty five offensive rating, and then I think talked about playing the game on the Sega Genesis, which is just which is just awesome. He also said was mad that Brady Cook had a ninety overall, or like he said that that Brady Cook had a ninety overall, and Luther Burden had one of the highest overall ratings. I'm pretty sure he just looked at one of the like two four seven what we would rate these players, and just thought they were the real ones because they have not released yeah, the actual yeah. ratings yet. Also, I'm not going to, like, what is he, what is Drinkwitz now, like, 40? Like, he's pushing 40. I, I don't think he's, like, on Twitter realizing sometimes what he's looking at. He's a little bit older guy. He's 30-something, 30s. He's 40. Uh, he's 40. He's 40. Yeah, so, 40. I mean, looking at that stuff, I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock on him too hard. He, he doesn't really know as much. He mentioned he played on Sega, so he's, like, he didn't play on Xbox. He's not a part of our generation, so I'm not going <laughs> to knock on him too hard for that kind of stuff. It's like it's like you know your grandpa makes a mistake. Okay, you know let's let it slide. You know it's one of those things. Yeah. Drink. Kenny and I have been looking for a five stack on Rainbow Six Siege. If you if you're interested, hit us up. Drinkwitz is at the point where like he's gonna want to play NCA fourteen, and it's gonna be like that meme of the um the two guys in the studio when it's like me when or my grandma when I plug in the HDMI cord and get her TV to work. That's like what Zeus players are gonna do for Drinkwitz. They're gonna be like, he's gonna be like, how'd you get this? Did you get this to work, you young whippersnappers? I don't he's know. 40, just... not 70, guys. <laughs> he's not ancient. He's, he's he old. Knows... No, Kenny, Kenny just said he's not a part of our generation. Which I mean, he's not, me, like, just technically. He's, he's like not. Like, if you asked a 40-year-old to tell you, like, how an Xbox worked, they might not know. But he knows how a TV Peyton, do an impression of Drink trying to boot up his Xbox. Well, crud! I don't. This thing looks like a like a mini skyscraper. How do you turn this thing on? That's my only. <laughs> Good job. You press the uh, button. Yeah. That has the Xbox logo drink. Oh well, shoot! That that's real. That's real swell. I don't know if he's ever said swell. You think he's ever said swell? Uh, we've already been at the bottom. That's what. That's the speech he gives before he gets his Xbox working. There's no fear. They can't kill us. We've already been at the bottom. That's when the red ring of death comes on. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. So that's the comments you get right now at this at this point of the season. But yeah, we'll we'll have plenty to to dive into some more stuff leaking out about spring uh, practice and spring camp. Who we who we're liking on uh on those sort of fronts. But yeah, Mizzou getting started with spring practice. And it's just nice. It's just nice to have football back, especially when uh, Mizzou men's basketball used to just be stuck in the mud, stuck at the bottom of the SEC. We'll segue to that. I do want to um, say, I think we should oh, yeah, probably yeah. mention, because Corey Batoon talked for the first time, and I mean, we haven't heard really anything from him. Just uh, a couple quick things about him. He is running a 4 uh, So there you go. I know there was a debate about that, but it's going to be ran out of a 4 mostly. Uh, he mentioned that they run a Havoc defense um, that stresses negative plays, stopping the run. Um, the way they're going to go about it is a little different, but I mean, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, otherwise, I mean, the main, the maybe just from a schematic thing, the main thing to mention is the role of the Joker on the defense. I mean, you had certain things on like Baker's defense, like the star that are going to be uh, Captain Tack, but the Joker, it's a traditional defensive end on the field but it uses a hybrid player on the other side, gives them flexibility and multiplicity. Um, part of spring will be finding guys that are capable of doing that. Uh, this is this is from Gabe DeArmond, by the way, this part of uh, the just the explanation on what the Joker is. So that's he didn't say much more than that, but it is a 4-2-5. It's going to look largely the same. There's just going to be a few Corey Batoon touch-ups it so we'll see yeah. if it works out good you points. mentioned I forgot uh, to... the hybrid of that is it more like the jack position is that what he's trying to explain i think i think it, it is like more of a defensive end that can also like kind of shift out to linebacker is, is what he's kind of getting at there i'd have to look more into it i the athletic did a great breakdown on kane womack's defense which is largely what this is so i'd have to go back and read that but i think that's what that is who who do you think would maybe that's putting you on the spot and we might not know yet. Darius Smith. Darius Smith, absolutely. I think that is who they're gonna especially he's in quick hits. He's my jersey spoiler. Uh we'll oh. get more into that. Okay. Yeah, Peyton will touch on it. But yeah, good points to make about the defense. I, I yeah, I forgot to bring that up. But yeah, I, I like the I like the chaos. I like the Joker role. I think I think it's gonna be, you know, a Obviously, it's not going to be the same as as with Blake Baker, but it seems like it's going to have a lot of similar feel, especially with that formation. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what else emerges out of spring camp. I'm excited to to touch on more storylines, especially when we get this uh, basketball season done. Let's segue to that. Missouri they dropped another one. They lost 83 to 74 to Florida, and I think the best place to start. Shout out our friend Max Baker who tweeted this and kind of alerted me to this fact. Uh, Missouri, the new trend now is to just kind of pick one player on the other team and let them have a field day. Um, I'll find this Max tweet, but for Florida, it was Tyrese Samuel, uh, who had 28 points and 10 rebounds. That was a season high, and it's now four straight games that Missouri has allowed uh, a player to have a season high. Obviously, the Caliph battle one is the one that stands out the most. I think it was a walk-on Tennessee they allowed, and I'm forgetting the last one, but Tyree Samuel, 28 points. Missouri, Peyton, I'll turn to you first. I think you said it perfectly. Had almost everything break for them this game and still found a way to lose. Yeah, up until that 
replay where Van Over was fouled and should have gone to the line. I mean, everything was really coming up Mizzou. I mean, they were able to get a pretty dang soft call on Walter Clayton Jr. to get him out of the game. And credit Dennis Gates. I mean, he made the right adjustment. I mean, I mean, there was one guard, Zion Poland, who was playing well for them at that at the time when Clayton went out. I mean, Dennis switched to his zone. It had Florida in hell for a lot of that half. Um, they had. I mean, this really felt like it felt a little different from these other teases that Mizzou had, where it really like Florida was just clueless on offense. But you just you always can. Feel the moment where they just lose a game, and it was when they got a they ran a perfect set. They got Nick Honor wide open in the corner. He fires a three, somehow just rims out. They were never the same team after that. Uh, Florida went back down. They nailed a couple threes. Um, then Tyree Samuel just went to work. Connor Vanover played well for a lot of the second half. Uh, he was really the best player on the court a couple times uh, for some stretches, but I mean, down the stretch, they just kind of he ran out of gas and got bullied. I mean, it was I they held Florida to like a crazy low amount of points for like a good eight minutes, and Florida still found a way to uh, to score thir- forty six points uh, in the second half. They're not going to win another game. I mean, that was the they they had everything go their way. We've said a lot of times, like, it feels like this team needs everything to go its way for them to win a game. They just had everything go their way, and they lost by nine. So there's not another win on the schedule. I mean, this is it's over. I went through and looked at all the, the Mizzou Hoops final score captions. Uh, I thought this would make it on the, the Sickos committee or whatever, because I just wanted to see, like, the, the draining of life come out of Mizzou. Uh, final for Mizzou Arena. It's the first game uh, against Georgia. Regroup, learn, and get ready for the next one. That's Kentucky. Final in overtime, South Carolina at home. Final from Alabama. Then we had 11 straight just finals. Uh, The Arkansas one had a period in it, so I made it its own. Uh, (laughs) But that's just kind of like how I wanted to describe it. The life got drained out of this team. I was talking to Peyton last night about this. How do you just keep coming out every single week? What do you do in practice to get better? A lot of these guys like Noah Carter, um, Shawnees, guys that are looking to go at the next level somewhere, if not the NBA, somewhere overseas, somewhat professional. Because, I mean, we've got to be honest, we, we don't think some of these guys are going to be NBA talents. And so what do you do in these practices? What are you trying to get better at? And it just, I mean, if I was in this position, I'm not doing anything. This is the, the worst possible outcome for the season. Noah Carter last night had zero points in 14 minutes. I just, if it feels like there's maybe just one guy who kind of steps up and then the other guys that are giving you like consistent like tens or stuff like that, like tens, you know, twelves, it just depends on the player looking at Sean East and Tamar Bates, someone else just falls off. And, and that's what it's like with, with that. Uh, talking about the 46 points though, I, I will see any you know, of the Tigers went, you know, shot for shot, gave them 46 back. It's just, you look at that, that first quarter and you, or first half and you know, you're down by nine going into halftime. So that's really what the shot in the foot was. And the one thing that just probably continues to suck is when they go to the SEC uh, studios at halftime. And it's just always the same thing. They're just kind of laughing like, you know, what did you see? Yeah, because it's the same thing every single, <laughs> we every talk single about Tuesday, every single Wednesday, every single Saturday. And I, at this point, I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah. We can, at the end of the season, maybe we'll, uh, we'll look ahead at, 
I, I don't think the schedules are out. They're not out for next year, but we'll say when we think the Tigers will win a game in 2024. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's damning. Um, Mississippi Valley State won its first game of the season earlier this week uh, and now has more conference wins than Mizzou does, by the way. Uh, it's down to Pacific University, Cal Poly, uh, DePaul, the Blue Demons in the Big East, and Mizzou are now the only teams winless still in conference play. So we'll see if the Tigers or the Peyton give me the Cal Poly mascot. Mustangs. The Tigers of the Mustangs can get a can get a win, and I'm talking about the Pacific Tigers, not the Missouri ones, because I agree, it's uh it's probably over in that department. Credit to Connor Vanover, uh for sure, twelve points, six rebounds, he was plus ten, the only positive box plus minus rating on the team. Uh, he he looked great. It was the Connor Vanover we we kind of all want to see, and in fact, I I do want to give Drew King credit because I was messaging him after this game, and he did he did DM me. He said, uh. He said, not sure if you watched tonight's game, but the way Connor played was what I was what I thought it was going to look like all season. I know he came back on and was uh was uh, going through his right and wrong predictions. So that was the Connor Vanover Drew Drew thought we were gonna get all year. And so it was it was at least nice to see that. I'm sure nice for him uh in his final year of eligibility. But yeah, I mean it's it's just the same old, same old. You guys you guys said it well. Um they just continue to find find ways to lose no matter how good it looks. And I liked Peyton's take about how it felt different. Uh, at times, like it really felt like they were gonna, you know, kind of put it together and just, just didn't didn't manage it. Um, so Peyton, you're changing your tune now because when you and I talked, we did a so we did a pod, I think, without Kenny a couple of days or like a week or two ago, and you said this old Miss game on Saturday, you thought could be a win given where Ole Miss is. I know they've lost three straight, they've lost six of their last seven, probably got knocked off the bubble last night by losing again. But you don't think you don't think a win's in the cards for the Tigers? Nope. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, if you had told me going into the year, you'd get like 12 and six performances from Connor Vanover um, in SEC play, I'd assume Mizzou was having a very good year and they'd be able to win most of those games. But I mean, I, I totally like you cannot like they got Walter Clayton Jr. He was their only good guard for almost the entirety of the game besides Zion Poland. They had one usable guard for the final 14 minutes, and Missouri never even took the lead. I mean, it's there, there's not a win. I don't even care to get into the specifics of Ole Miss. We've seen them once before. Mizzou had them on the ropes, and they found a way to lose. I have no confidence in them being able to get it done on Saturday. Do I even release the uh, the spreadsheet I've been working on at the end of the year, or oh, should geez. I just act like it was never <laughs> created? For, uh, no, it's really for sad so, that we've it's so tough. This. Yeah, it, it's a great spreadsheet. It's a great spreadsheet. It does well. I um, update it. There's only we're probably only going to see four more games. So that's the the minimum. Let that be a future you problem. Maybe we can pray a, a win happens, and then you definitely release it. Because I my my uh, promise still stands that if Mizzou wins a game, I will make a video. I will still do it uh, for the people because I know people miss the football videos, but <laughs> they're not going to win. Um, I'll dive into the specifics of Ole Miss briefly because I just watched them play last night. They played Alabama. Um, this is a team that, like, you know, Missouri can beat, but they have a lot of experience, which I think is going to help them on the road. Um, they have they have Matthew Morell and Alan Flanagan, who are both – they've been in the SEC forever. 
Um, they're just both good guards. And then they have the tall guys, um, Musa Cisse and Jamarian Sharp. So Mizzou, if they do what they did against Ole Miss the last time out, they they can win. But again, I just it feels like they're going to find a way to lose. Who do we think? That's a good prediction. Um, I'll give you four. I'll give you four names. Who do you, you pick one? Who do you think is going to have their season high this time for a fifth straight game? Matthew Morell is their leading scorer. You're thinking Jamin Breakfield? Yep. Uh, all right. I'll go with that. Let's see what, let me look up what is, let me look up what his season high is this year. Give the uh, other names. It is, it is 28. Is oh, his season shoot. High, so That's a lot. To, he has to break that. Kenny, uh, I'll give you some guards. Jalen Murray, Alan Flanagan, Matthew Morell. Uh, those are the three leading scorers. Uh, the forward moves. Morell's averaging average. 17 a game. Yeah. Um, ESPN gives uh, Mizzou a 48.2% chance of winning this game. Matthew Merrill season high is 20. Ambitious. <laughs> Let's go Matthew Murray. Let's go Murray. 26. Jalen Murray. All right. Let's see. We'll see if you guys are right. We'll tweet. We'll tweet if we're right. Jalen Murray's averaging 13 points a game. His season high is 21. 20, no, 26. Against um Mount St. Mary's. So what is Alan Flanagan's season high? Because this feels like this feels like a Oh, this feels like an Allen Flanagan four Q game. Twenty six, dude. How is Ole Miss not good? This is really impressive. Allen Flanagan scored his career high. Oh no, Eastern Washington on November tenth, he had twenty nine. Okay, I'm not going with Allen. But he had twenty eight. He had twenty eight last night against Alabama. But that's yeah, like the worst I defense in the country. Flanagan. So. so they're all high twenties. So it will be a thirty Sticking point game Blake if Field. any. Of- yeah, if any of those guys are going to set their season high, it's a three-point game. This is so sad. This is where we're at. All right, let's move on, sadly. Um, we're going to get to our interview. We have a, we had a great chat with uh, Jack Sobel. He's on three's Notre Dame beat writer. So if there's any Notre Dame fans that happen to be listening, go subscribe to him on that. But we talked with him about the Mizzou guys at the NFL Draft Combine because he was there doing some field reporting for us. So uh, we'll kick it to ourselves talking to Jack Sobel. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest. He's been a friend of this program and a friend of ours for quite some time. Um, he now covers Notre Dame, but you might remember him on the Mizzou beat uh, when he covered it with Kenny last season uh, for the Tigers, or I guess two seasons ago now, isn't it? Uh, it's Jack Sobel. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute now. You didn't get to cover the Cotton Bowl team, unfortunately. You had to go with the, the Mizzou, um, you know, the bowl down in Tampa. So Gasparilla. Yeah, Gasparilla. I could not remember the name of the bowl game. I'll, <laughs> I'll keep it a buck. But anyway, Silva, we're delighted to have you back on. You're at the you're at the NFL Combine, and you're obviously covering Notre Dame primarily. But we've we've sent you on a mission, I guess, so to speak. And you've probably gone out of your own interest too. But yeah. to do some field reporting on some of the Mizzou guys, which uh, we know you've gotten to talk to or gotten to talk to me at the podium with a couple of them. Uh, but first and foremost, I know you've been to the uh, Combine. What is it? Is this your second time now? Yeah, this is this is a combine number two. I went uh, in 2022. I'm talking to uh, Caleb Evans, now a Viking, and Tyler Beatty, who I think is a Bronco right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a Bronco. I uh, and yeah, it was it was a it's a wild experience the first time you go, especially as a 20 year old kid at, at that point. I uh, but you know now I uh, covering Notre Dame, talking to a lot a lot more guys. I mean Notre Dame's got eight guys there. Mizzou's got eight eight guys there, which is it's crazy to see how far that program has come. Uh, and yeah. you know, I mean, as, as we'll get into it, you know, a couple of Mizzou guys are, are getting a lot of buzz out here. 
Definitely. I wanted to just, yeah, I wanted to ask you about just like the combine. Cause it's like, it's such a unique thing, which I think the NFL is making. They're like promoting it more now as like an event, but yeah. you know, what's your, what's your favorite part about doing the combine? I know there's lore about like, Oh, all the scouts go to hang out at this one bar. Or you get to go do this or that. What's the, uh, what's, what's the part of the combine that maybe people don't uh, get to experience unless they go as like a reporter or even, you know, fan or whatever. Yeah, you know, definitely hanging out at the bar with, with scouts. I, I, I didn't get a chance to go out last night I, just with some other, uh, you know, Notre Dame beat responsibilities. The, the the nice thing about the zoo beat when I went was that the combine was the only thing I had to worry about. Now I have to keep checking my phone to see when the ACC will release its conference opponents for next year because they're <laughs> going to do that today. Uh, but, no, I, it, it's it's definitely, you know, it's crazy that everyone in the NFL world, you know, just comes to one city. It's it's similar to the Super Bowl in 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 that way. Uh, I think you get less, you get fewer current players, but you know, every reporter who covers the team, every agent, uh, every scout, uh, coach, executive, uh, all the all that good stuff uh, is here. Uh, so you know, you never really know who you who you, who you walk past. But no, I mean, I I like uh, you know catching up with the Mizzou guys who I covered a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, catching up with the Notre Dame guys who I covered uh, this year, uh, getting to ask them a lot of questions, uh, kind of getting to hear what they've been up to. I uh, you know, what they took away from their experience at, at their respective school, uh, you know, all, all that good stuff. Definitely. Definitely. And let, like we touched on the Mizzou stuff earlier, we, we should uh, we should touch on that. I mean, as we mentioned, there's eight guys there. Uh, you know, Darius Robinson has gotten a lot of buzz from the Senior Bowl. Yeah. I mean, what has kind of the chatter been around some of the Mizzou guys there in Indy? Yeah, it's been a lot of Darius Robinson, man. He is, uh, he is the talk, uh, one, one of the guys people are talking about most. I think he was, I think he was the lead of like Ian Rappaport's story from day one of the combine. I, I mean, a, a lot of a lot of people are are talking about D Rob. I, you know, based on the Senior Bowl he had, and it was interesting. I, that you know, when he was asked about that Senior Bowl, Darius was like, "Man, I, I, I did this my whole senior season. Just turn on the tape." I, he said, "Cut the tape." multiple times it, you know it kind of reminds me and i was talking to chris chris krasinski who i uh, now actually covers the bears for fox 32 chicago covered mizzou the last couple of years when we were there i uh, you know he's here too and we agreed and i think he wrote about this for fox 32 that d rob's rise is kind of similar to darnell wright for, from the bears from tennessee last year bears drafted him 10th overall he's a guy who was not not an unknown but known as like a day two guy i uh, mostly uh, heading into senior bowl dominates the senior bowl. Uh, and then people look, look, uh, look, look back at a senior year tape and they're like, shoot, this guy's a first round pick uh, with Darnell Wright is all the way up to the top 10 remains to be seen how high D Rob can go. But I mean, he was really impressive uh, at that podium and, you know, Pete Bland, if you're listening, it is a podium this time. Uh, they're <laughs> actually standing on something, but uh, no, he was, he was really impressive up there. A big, big crowd. I, uh, Definitely the biggest crowd. I mean, Rake Shaw had a few, had a good amount of people there. Chris Abrams Rain had had some people there. I'm sure Cody Schrader, just the story and how big a deal he was through college football, will have a good amount of people. But D Rob definitely had the biggest uh, crowd at the podium from Zoo. Yeah, he's had he's had so much buzz and like you know there was yeah. the Mel Kiper comment of you know he could climb up into the top ten. So I think that's a good a good comp if people want to look at a guy like Darnell Wright who rose last yeah. year. Um, you got to. Uh, be at the podium with Cat and Ennis Rakestraw. What was uh, your impressions of what they kind of said, and and you know what's kind of been the buzz around those two? Yeah, no, Chris Abrams Drain. I uh, 
he was he he talked a little bit. I, I asked him about uh, you know separating shoulder in that in that Cotton Bowl, what, what that was like, and what it was like to win it. And he's like, yeah, I barely felt it because the adrenaline was was just so 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 much. Uh, Chris also talked about like where where teams might see him. I they, there are a few teams. I I think the prevailing opinion is that is that Chris is going to be primarily an inside guy, just based on his size and quickness and ability to stick in man coverage. And I, I think you know people hear slot corner and and think oh that's a downgrade. You no, know, slot corners are really really valuable. I uh, in the NFL today, you know, with how prevalent eleven personnel is, uh, all that good stuff. Chris said, you know, he can play safety if teams need him to. Uh, I'm sure that wouldn't be ideal for him, just because safeties get paid less. But you know, he he can play all of secondary. I uh, was talking about uh, some of the some of the toughest guys he had he had to tackle. He mentioned Brock Bowers, obviously. Was surprised he didn't shut out Darnell Washington from Georgia because Darnell tried to hurdle him for some reason, gave him a concussion two years ago. I. Uh, but no, Chris uh, was talking about how his transition to, to wide receiver uh, helps him mirror what mirror uh, you know routes and, and stuff like that. Uh, I the interesting thing at the combine is you know a lot of this stuff isn't really new information to I uh, to like people who follow the college player. It's a lot of like right. NFL reporters getting to learn about these guys for the first time. I uh, and honestly, like Chris was I. Uh, He's a lot more talkative than I remember him being at at Mizzou. Like he gave, uh, he was always a really good guy, but he just spoke in three word and sentences. But he he was uh, he was he was saying a lot more. He seemed really comfortable up there. Uh, obviously very cheerful as always. Uh, Rick Stroud didn't get to for as for nearly as long. But the one thing he said that was interesting was like I. Uh, he said that he was really close to picking Alabama when he first committed to Mizzou. But then he he kind of had a last minute change of heart. He's like, I want to go somewhere where they haven't had as much recent success, where I where I believe in the coaching staff. But you know, he he wanted to be be one of the guys who brought a program from you know not a very good place to where it is now. And he really, you know, despite not playing much in the second half of the last season, he really accomplished that goal. And it's it's cool to see these guys who like we we grew up at Mizzou watching and 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 covering uh, for Kenny and I, you know getting so much recognition at the combine because they were so huge in, in Mizzou's rise from a perpetually 500 program to, you know, contender and probably a favorite to make the college playoff next year. Yeah. And just sticking with kind of the Mizzou theme, I mean, obviously the, the, the workouts, the big, the big main events for everyone, 40 yard dashes and everything. Um, they haven't kicked off yet, but yeah. What did did any of the of the guys you talked to like from Mizzou or maybe even otherwise like maybe just highlight something they're kind of hoping to test well in in particular or just show or anything like that? Uh, not really. I I do think like they they tend to uh you know the smart ones at least tend not to throw numbers out there because then if you don't run that number, uh you know it's a bad look. I I do think and I, I was told by I. Uh, I believe it was uh, one of one of Mizzou's former secondary coaches when I wrote a Abrams Drain feature that like he's going to test and he's going to run in the four threes in the forty. Uh, you know he's he's a ridiculous athlete. Like he when, when Chris came to Mizzou, it was like they they knew he was an insane athlete. They just didn't really know where he would play. And then he they he came out for corner uh, his sophomore year, and they were like, shoot, he's our best defensive back. Uh, so he's he's going to test very well. 
Uh, D Rob, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna test well. I, I think you know he's gonna run well for a two hundred eighty pound guy. Uh, the the other thing with D Rob, I wanted to, wanted to touch on is like he was talking uh, at the combine. Like people asked him, where do you want to play? And he's like, I want to play everywhere. And you know, everyone says like I want to play everywhere. Darius is the one guy who can actually back it up though. Like he mm-hmm. he played he played nose tackle uh, early in early in his junior. He's he's played a lot of three technique. You know, he played five techniques, seven technique, a wide nine even. I mean, and he's got great film in all those spots. Like he, and, you know, I, we saw that at the Senior Bowl. I'm not sure we'll see that quite as much as the combine. I think uh, he'll test primarily as a defensive end that, you know, he, when he had this noble sweatshirt, it said uh, DE on it. I, so that's where he'll test. But I, you know, I, th- I think we're going to see some, some good things from Darius. And he's going to look good in shorts. I mean, he's one of the strongest people at this combine, which is always the plus. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, that's got to add to some of that draft buzz though, right? Like you just said, you make a good point of just how versatile he is and what, yeah. what he can offer along the defensive line. It's got to be, got to be huge. Um, I want to ask you about some of the guys and you can just speculate, talk about, yeah. you know, covering these guys too. Some of the guys you didn't get to see, of course, there's a bunch at the combine, Tyron Hopper, JC Carlisle, Harrison Mevis, Cody Schrader, Javon Foster, um, you know, some great names for Mizzou lore. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on them translating to the, uh, to the next level, just being a draft guru? Yeah. Someone I'm interested in is, is Carlisle actually, because, you know, his tape was kind of up and down, you know, he had some really good moments. Uh, his 2021 tape, he had a few interceptions. 2022 is a better tackler. I, I wasn't watching quite as much in 2023, but you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had a pretty good year. Yes. Uh, after, after but, the LSU game, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Uh, but his, his measurables are always going to be better than his tape. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy and he's a fast mover. He's got good long speed. I'm really interested to see how he tests and if, and if, if he could rise there, uh, Schrader had a great senior bowl. I, I think that kind of lofted him from, you know, maybe he'll get drafted to he'll definitely get drafted. It probably won't be very high, but I think Mm -hmm. a team's going to want to use the pick on him in the fifth round or later. I, no, Hopper definitely could get drafted. Uh, Javon Foster is a guy a lot of people like. I uh, he had a good Senior Bowl as well. I uh, I have no idea if Mevis is going to get drafted or, or not. Kickers <laughs> are such a crapshoot. Yeah. But no, uh, excuse me. Mizzou could have a seven, eight, seven, eight if Mevis gets drafted. Guys selected in in, in this draft. No doubt. Definitely. And I mean, just kind of. I mean, what are what is maybe. I, everyone goes there. The forty-yard dash gets all the all the buzz. What's uh? What's I, I, I'm kind of because we covered the Mizzou guys to death. I'm just kind of more of a fun one. What's uh kind of your favorite workout at the combine? Uh, big three cone guy. I love love, <laughs> yes. love the ability. Uh, it's it's funny when you got a guy like DK Metcalf who's like a four-three guy in the forty and you know gets drafted in the second round because of those three goddamn cones. I uh, but. That that actually I think is going to be uh, the biggest thing for Robinson. I uh, like if he's got a good three cone. Like the the biggest question about him is like, can he bend the edge like an NFL defensive end? I uh, because he didn't he he had some good reps off the edge, but it was mostly like you know blowing get by guys with that swim move. I uh, you know bull rushing guys. He didn't really show that bend, which which makes sense. I mean he's a defensive tackle by trade, uh, or at least he was until last year. I uh, but the three cone is the big drill that guys look at for defense vents like can they bend the edge and that's going to be huge for him yeah 
for sure. Uh, I'm going to let you harken back to your coverage days because I know Kenny, uh, you know, his claim to fame, or we give him this claim to fame for him, is the the Darius Robinson picture after the Gasparilla Bowl when, yeah. you know, he says this could be his last game and now it's come back and been stronger. What's a, what's your favorite moment covering some of these guys that are that are up for the combine they can remember, whether it's them at the lectern, not podium at Mizzou, uh, or, you know, just covering them in general, anything you've written, done? And uh, I mean, I've written things about all these guys. I, mm. you know, I wrote a feature on a, a smaller feature on Ron because people forget, like he got benched uh, early in his junior year. Like he was the, the second string defensive tackle, but behind Jay Jernigan and uh, Christian Williams. Uh, and then he came back at a great finish. And, you know, we all know how I, uh, you know, last year turned out. I, you know, I, I obviously enjoyed covering all these guys. I uh, best singular moment. I, uh, this was back in like the man eater days. I, it with Beavis and, and these guys freshman year. Uh, this was after uh, I think the Arkansas game uh, when Beavis hit that game winning field goal. And I uh, drink, drink, you know, repeatedly said like, you know, was looking, looking over uh, outside the lectern. He's like, sees Beavis and he's like, there, Hey Harrison, don't drink the Kool-Aid, you know, like as in like get a, get a big head and some, something like that. Uh, and Beavis comes up next and I, and I say like, Hey Harrison, I, uh, you know, your coach repeatedly said, like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid? And and he smiles and goes, I'm drinking some Kool-Aid tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> bear in mind, Harrison's a freshman at the at the time. The guy is 18, 19 years old. I, oh, yikes. I, yeah, no, it, it was it was Kool-Aid. You, you can have Kool-Aid yeah. when you're yeah. Anytime. No, you, you, you definitely can have, can have Kool-Aid at, at that age. But uh, no, it, it, it was funny. These guys were by and large, really good to cover. Like Darius, I is one of the nicest guys I've ever talked to. I very smart guy too. I, and, and, and as you guys all know how funny Ennis is, like he's chronically online. I, <laughs> and not, not even in a bad way either. Like, like he, he just likes Twitter a lot. I, but you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see them get drafted. I, and it, it, like, like, like I've said, like, it, it's crazy that like I, I was on the recruiting beat when when like Carlisle and Rakestraw and Abram Strain like and Mevis went when when they signed uh, mm-hmm. and seeing seeing these guys you know now get drafted after covering their freshman years covering their junior years uh, you know it's it's really cool to see we're getting old Sobel we're getting old we are, we are getting very old mm-hmm. um speaking of Ennis Rakestraw does he still I'm sure you didn't ask him this at the time nor will you probably ever be able to but I remember a press conference he showed up to. I think it was when you and Kenny were on the beat, along with Kyle yeah. Pinnell, by the way. We should shout him out. Um, of course. Uh, he came to the lectern, welcome Pete Bland, um, in a Music City Bowl hoodie or shirt. I do um, remember this, yeah. Yeah. Do you know if he still has that and if he's willing to sell that? <laughs> I uh, I'm sure I'm sure his DMs are open on Twitter. You can you can try that. <laughs> that was Peyton's that was the, the chronicle chronicle mer- or chronically merch collecting. Yeah, just uh, just wants all the right. all the Mizzou merch. That, so, that well, is I'm... one of the most sick and depraved things I've ever heard anyone ask for. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can see if he's got it. Is he selling it? <laughs> um, 
So I want to hear if you're, you mentioned like, I think, I don't remember if we had started recording when you said this, but like Darius Robinson, I know you're, you're a bears guy. You would love if the bears traded down, if they, if he could end yeah. up on there, what, uh, what teams would you maybe like to see some of these guys on? You don't have to do all of them, but whether it's the bears or somewhere, you're just like, Ooh, I could see him in a Texans uniform or a Dolphins uniform or fit in that system, whatever. I would love to see D Rob go to the Ravens. I, I know the popular destination for him is, uh, is the lions. I, uh, because he because he's from the Detroit area, the drafts in Detroit is a hometown guy. It would be a great story. I like Baltimore for him because there's a good chance they're going to have to let Justin Matabike walk. I uh, they're not too fond of paying defensive linemen, they, but they're really good at drafting them. I uh, and I think you know John Har Mike McDonald's gone, but John Harbaugh I uh, is really good at hiring defensive coordinators. He's going to get he's I forget who they hired, but he's got he's going to get someone in there who can use him to the best of his abilities. Uh, they have a great secondary. He'll have a chance to get to the quarterback there. I would love him in Baltimore. I would love Ennis. I let me think. Uh, Ennis or Chris Abrams Green at the back in the first round. I've seen Ennis get mocked to like Philadelphia, yeah. uh, which I think would be which which I think would be good for him. They need a corner. I uh, obviously good team. You know when you're in the back end back end of the first round, unless like Arizona who has the Texans pick drafts you, you're gonna get you're gonna go to a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of the situation where Ennis and D-Rob are right now. Uh, who else? Uh, Me, this yeah, Bears kicker? No, they already got it. They got a guy. They no. got a guy. <laughs> <Peyton> <laughs> shook his head no. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, those are no, some, those are some good shouts. Yeah, I, the, I mean, we all want to be really passionate about it is, is D-Rob to the, to the Ravens. I think that would be a great spot for him. Yeah. I think um, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that they are – Planning to tag Matabike um, if they don't get really? a deal one with him. Yeah, at least that's what I believe Ian Rappaport committed. But that is that's a I do like your logic behind that pick. Yeah. Um, okay, my last question. I know Peyton has one more. Uh, sticking on the draft subject, you and Peyton are both Bears fans. Uh, do you want Caleb Williams or the Bears to keep fields? I would like Caleb Williams, yeah. Okay. You agree on Amen. that? We've had discussions about this. So we, we've had we've had this discussion over the past few months. I uh, yeah. we think Bears Twitter is a complete embarrassment at the moment. It uh, is. Well, I don't even think you you can take at the moment out, dude. It's yeah. the biggest cesspool of idiots <laughs> I've seen. It's really bad. It's stupid. It's I don't even bother engaging with half of it. Yeah, no, it it's really bad. But no, they're they are in all likelihood going to draft Caleb Williams. I uh, and I uh, you know they just they're going to trade fields for a second or a third round pick uh, probably by the end of next week uh, and oh, wow. this whole ordeal will be over <laughs> yep. is there anyone oh, I have one more that popped in Peyton sorry before you go uh, is there anyone cool you've got to see walking around whether it's like a player or an analyst or a scout uh, anyone anyone notable you've rubbed elbows with no not not a, not as much as last time I maybe it's because I wasn't paying close enough attention yesterday because I was on two hours of sleep sure I uh, and <laughs> But by the opposite effect, today I slept in, so I haven't really had much time to walk around. But I uh, no, none, none that I can think of. I mean, I I walked past Andrew Siciliano a few times. Does he count? Sure, that guy. I'd count. Yeah, no, just he's like he's like my height. I I didn't think I I knew this. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah. Wow, they must. Yeah. I, they they did some camera trickery with him on uh, <laughs> NFL Red angles. It's all about time. angles. Yeah. yeah. Why do you think Sobel's holding his computer the way he is? I'm, not str- I'm just kidding. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reason you guys are hearing, for the viewers that don't know, 
that I'm so surprised is that Sobel is short, folks. I'm not <laughs> trying to put you on the spot, but Sobel is not the tallest individual. But um, Sobel, I got one more fun one for you. Can you rank the freshman year sweet mates you had? Can I rank the freshman year sweet mates? Yes. Um, for those that don't know, we're referencing friends of the show, Abe Fanning, Justin Bear, who is banned from the show, by the way, because he's too good at it. And uh, me, Peyton Haverman. So, uh, Well, first of all, I'm ranking myself dead last. I think that's not even a debate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, a tie for first between Justin Bear and Abe Fanning and Peyton. You're, you're, uh, you are a silver medal. <laughs> I was hoping for a first uh, goal, but I guess not. No, uh, uh, we, 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 we had a good run freshman year and, and uh, very much enjoyed living with you, Peyton. You're technically third because he had a two-way tie for first. So That's fine. That we had orderly third. shelves in our bathroom, and we had a pretty good system. I think it worked out. Yeah. So. No, it worked out. It's good that it was condensed. Uh, he is Jack Sobel. If you're a Notre Dame fan listening to this, you should go subscribe to him. Uh, what is it? Blue Gold Nation? Is it the, Blue, Blue and Gold.com. Uh, and if you're, and if you're a magazine enthusiast, Blue and Gold Illustrated. There you go. Sobel does great work for there if you're a Notre Dame fan. Uh, we'll force him to come back on and talk about Mizzou as long as he's willing to come on. Sobel, thank you so much. Enjoy the combine. If you see uh, Mel Kuyper, Ian Rappaport, tell him to come on the show for us. Will do. I'll pass that along. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sobel. Okay. Quick hits time. Going to finish out the show with our jerseys of the week. Starting off quick hits. Kenneth, what's your jersey of the week? Uh, my jersey of the week goes to uh, Mizzou basketball assistant coach C.Y. Young, who officially had his number retired by Georgia Southern. I know I was kind of doing a deep dive to try to find a photo of him at Georgia Southern in that jersey. I ended up getting the number wrong. It was 12. Uh, I believe before I said it was 14. So I was only two digits off. So don't don't knock on me too too hard. But it feels like a lot of these assistants and coaches just got to go out there and kind of do some things this past week. And we saw um, Dennis Gates was on the recruiting trail. So maybe see why stopped by Georgia Southern, got to see his jersey uh, uh, hung up in the rafters. I will say I'm not a big fan of how it looks. It looks like they just went to a print shop and put it up there. I feel like it could have been a co lot cooler if they had a stitched one. But, I mean – I don't know how much funding Georgia Southern has for that kind of stuff, but still really cool for CY Young. Yeah, no, happy for him. There's not a ton to celebrate uh, in this season of Mizzou basketball, but for him, I'm sure that's probably like one of the coolest things that's ever happened to him. So good for CY. Good for CY. What do you, what's your Jersey Peyton of the Peyton of the week? I'm going to say Jersey of the <laughs> I'm say yeah. Jersey of the week, Peyton. What's your Peyton of the week, Jersey? My Jersey is a, uh, Darius Smith, the transfer from uh, Georgia, he earned uh, – he just, I guess, was a monster at practice yesterday. He won D-lineman of the day. He won defensive player of the day. And he was the first spring number earned, number 19. Um, I, I mean, Kenny can probably touch on it, like the spring number tradition. They've done that a whole ton. I remember there was a thing in Drinkwitz's first year where Damon Hazleton – didn't get his, I swear, until like the week before the season started. That wound up being a well-founded fear. He was not very good. But Darius Smith, I mean, he got uh, lost in the shuffle just a bit just because Mizzou brought in so many good transfers. Um, but this is a guy that, I mean, just kind of got – it was a numbers game at Georgia. Georgia, if you didn't know, 
is pretty damn good at football. They recruit a really damn well. Um, he just kind of got recruited over, but Georgia fans um, and coaches alike, I mean, they were raving about how good an athlete he is. Um, evidently, it's showing early in practice. Um, that's got to be a really encouraging sign for uh, for Mizzou. I mean, especially because you're losing Darius Robinson. Uh, you got a new DC coming in who's got that new joker position. Uh, that if I'm not mistaken, I will go back and read about this, and if I'm wrong, I will correct myself on Sunday. Um, but that Joker, I mean, they kind of have a guy that's like Kenny was asking, play DN, but you can also shift back and play maybe a little bit of outside linebacker. That's something that you would want a really good athlete to do. Um, Darius Smith has that athleticism. Seems like early on he is really, really earning his stripes. You talk about earning that number uh, back when Luther Burden uh, was a freshman. Uh, they, they tried to make it not a big deal whatsoever when uh, Luther came out to the first practice in front of media with a number three on. Um, Drink was just like he earned it, and they didn't really want to get into it. Peyton, though, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, skeptical. I, th I don't think he was the first technically. I think some of the other transfers already have him. Nate Knoll is already listed with a number um and so yeah. is marcus carroll marcus carroll i just four, read nate the tweet. you could be right nate nate Noel is eight which nate pete was eight so the, the, the handing down the number eight to the nates uh but it looks like a, a couple other guys one more thing i'll throw out there about the numbers this is for uh jack marquise mm -hmm. johnson is now number two. Oh, i kind of like philip roche is zero along with josh manning Num number two feels like a fast number i don't i don't I yeah don't i don't know he he can't be one because he because obviously no. Theo Weiss is one, but he yeah. feels like a number one. Number two is also really good. Uh, I kind of well, Marvin now Burks it's one... is number one on defense now as well. Oh, okay. I see what well, now... I think. Uh, just going back to the number thing, I think you're correct, Kenny, that they already had given out those numbers because this one just says first spring number earned. So I assume that means in practice for guys that didn't have them already. So. Well, now it's a uh, it'll be Weiss, Johnson, and Burden are one, two, three. Then that's kind of some, yes. some, con yeah. some continuity there. Do we have a number four that's not Trevez Johnson? Because then obviously Didn't he say, Cooper's Marcus uh, say Carroll. Carroll? Carroll's Marcus four. Carroll. Okay. There you go. They're so. getting the continuity in the in the offense, and then Brett Norfleet's just big eighty-seven. But eighty-seven's a tight end number, so I don't I don't hate that at all. That's um, a hard number. That's nice. a good number. Marquise Johnson's so good. Um. All right, my jersey of the week. I'm uh this this is uh, inspired from a tweet that I saw from Peyton. Yeah, <laughs> Peyton's upset. You can unmute your mic at the, for this, Peyton. You can unmute your mic. Um, I'm going Evan Gilliard. If you don't know who Evan Gilliard is, you might not have been on campus when um when uh Mizzou played UMKC and lost by about 20 points. Um, because Evan Gilliard, who is like five five, scored 28. Peyton tweeted. It was a quote tweet there was something going around that was like uh quote tweet this with your like worst or most painful sports memory. And it was just kind of blowing up on Mizzou Twitter, people posting just different photos or different screenshots of scores. I saw everything from like uh, there was some Kansas games in there. Peyton tweeted the UMKC game. I know I tweeted the Charleston Southern game uh, from 2019 for basketball, but I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up on the on the show too because it seemed to be enveloping Mizzou Twitter. And Evan Gilliard was my jersey. He was like five five. Torch Mizzou now plays for the uh, Windy City Bulls, by the way, in the G League. So he's 
Good player. Yeah, it it was a what is the worst game you've attended in person, and that was pretty pretty far and away. I think the worst one, uh, just in terms of most embarrassing that I've been at, because I remember Gilliard just torched Mizzou because like like he just wanted to dribble to his right every single play. I remember right or left, I think it was right because he was just it was effortless once if he got to his spot, and Amari Davis and Boogie Coleman just kept letting him do it like they just didn't do anything to stop him uh i remember the game before that that was the second game of the year by the way that they lost to umkc Mm -hmm. by double digits the game before that was uh the chip the chippewas from uh central michigan and i remember the first half of that game was a lot of fun the second half was not very fun Um, and then that game kind of solidified oh this team's really bad great um that team would still probably beat the current iteration of Mizzou, but um, yeah, that was the worst game I have ever been to. I, the the other one that popped into my head, and Kenny, I don't know if you have a pick for this, was uh, in football, just the Kentucky game from two seasons ago with the with the punt situation. That was just what that one was just personal for me because I wasn't going to go to that game because I had to do work, and then I decided to slack off my work and went to it watched it it ended horribly and then i like i I like sprinted back and had to like walk super angrily back to my apartment to go then have to do work so i was just very i was that one just made me so upset it was then it was such a a bs literally caused a rule change so i don't know kenny do you have a a least favorite game Peyton, you weren't even there for that were you when that punt happened you already left Kentucky. Yeah, I because I was so I was pretty upset early on in that game. That was not my least favorite football game, though. It was um, my least my least favorite game. Um, I didn't even get to I didn't even stay the full time for this one. But uh, when Kansas City um, UMKC came to play Mizzou two years ago, uh, a kid from my high school was on that UMKC team and beat Mizzou like easily it, it was just an easy win for umkc and I, I didn't even get to stay the whole time and it still was one of my least favorite ones serious is also the umkc still there yeah. so the evan the evan gilliard game is just it's just plagued he haunts he haunts mizzou alums from 2021 uh it's tough yeah i don't know i just thought we'd relive the misery just because it was it was kind of blowing up on mizzou twitter but uh next up mysteries i like no captain he's the main bird shawnee's member of the week kenny uh, my shiniest main bird of the week goes to the Cardinals uh, for signing three-time uh, All-Star Brandon Crawford. Uh, he's going to St. Louis now. Um, not weird at all. Um, maybe a little bit weird because it plays into that fetish and the collection that the Cardinals are having of washed-up guys or just names that they could have on their team. The Royals are doing a similar thing, but I still have the Royals winning the World Series. A little bit different there. Of course, Brandon Crawford's not going to start. Mason Wynn is... He's the future at the shortstop position for the Cardinals. They just needed a, a veteran behind him, a veteran on the bench. And they went with Brandon Crawford. Um, it's not a bad signing whatsoever, uh, but welcome to St. Louis, Brandon Crawford. Hey, we're almost back at the Cardinals suck segment. The retirement birds, man. There's like 50. Mm-hmm. You could start an old folks home in St. Louis with these players. It's ridiculous. It is. What's your dirty bird of the week, Peyton? I thought you were going to segue yourself. No, I thought you had maybe had some bad. My, my, oh, my no. main bird I, is dude. the team I bet on. Uh, UNCW, the the Seahawks. They lost in like what was it triple overtime to the Campbell Fighting Camels after I picked them to cover by eight. 
they're still my main birds because they let Campbell uh, fans storm the court. Uh, I don't, I don't know why this is, unless this is just a rivalry I didn't know about. Um, UNCW had beaten Campbell in every game they'd played against uh, the Fighting Camels since 2019. I don't think a five-year drought warrants a court storming. I'm going to be totally transparent. Okay, Jay Billis. I don't know. I'm not saying, (laughs) but okay, this is where like Jay Billis and I somewhat agree too many people court storm. Like you should not like, I remember Arkansas was a favorite over like, I don't even remember the game last year, but they court stormed. Like they were 24 and the team that came in was like eight. That was ridiculous. Like, Court storming gets overused, but no, it shouldn't be banned. Do you remember the uh, Wednesday game last year for Arkansas when they came to play Mizzou? Arkansas was like 24th at the time. Mizzou wasn't ranked. Mizzou wins that game. Mizzou was favored. In my mind, the whole time, I'm like, I'm not court storming. I'm not, not going to make Arkansas think that this is Mizzou's Super Bowl by doing that. I, there's just there's levels to it that you have to understand. You cannot stoop so low and, ju- and just r- rush the court. You think, think for a cool occasion, not no, like a I, random Wednesday win. I com- I completely agree. I I mean UNC Wilmington was were they in first place in their conference? Maybe that was why. It doesn't matter. It's yeah, UNC it, it, Wilmington. <laughs> I I do agree that it should be like if you're a ranked team and beating a better ranked team, you should not court storm. That is ridiculous. Um yeah, that's just that's just a little brother behavior. I don't know. I think I think you just need to keep them on the court and have them all cited for trespassing and then thrown in Billis jail. Um, no, I, that that statement was ridiculous. He's he's way too. Court storming needs to stay. It needs to stay. Um, my main bird of the week. I'm giving it to our. We are we have we have a soccer team for those who don't know our favorite football club uh, in Europe, Bayer Leverkusen. I'm giving it to their coach Jabby Alonso. Uh, I've been talking to Kenny a lot about this off air. We, we, we did this, you know, kind of just as a fun bit, like, Oh, let's have a soccer team. Kenny will get a random Jersey. And then Bayer Leverkusen, the German team that we ended up picking has had um, the greatest run of winning in like German soccer history. They've gone 33 games without a loss. It's the longest record ever. Uh, and Javi Alonso is their coach and he's overseeing it. Uh, my connection to a bird is this was uh, tweeted by a company called Squawka Football, and that's a sound a bird makes. Um, Jeez. So <laughs> that's my connection to a bird. He's also going to be Liverpool's coach after the year, and their mascot's a bird. So tough for if tough that for happens. Alonso, we're but... no longer friends. Yeah, I, that is that is agreement. That happens. Yeah. Also, but, uh, are you going to get in on this with us, Jack? Um, if Mizzou wins the SEC tournament, Peyton and I are going to get the pawn tattoo that tamar bates has looking in the mirror and seeing the king uh on our thighs so are you jumping in with us on that yes i'll join you i'll match i'll just, cool. we'll just go three for three on that they'll do two yeah uh, no i won't do two that's what matching is you're gonna do two no that's doubling i'm matching he want, you i think he's gonna, gonna get tattoos. one on each leg peyton is what i'm hearing maybe you'll get one you know that's what? looking and it's a queen actually yeah well. i you know what i will match if mizzou wins the sd tournament i'll get two matching pawns equidistant on my thighs and i'll give you both a thousand dollars all right. Do we have a deal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. It, it would be really worth getting a tattoo I'll never see um, if Mizzou somehow wins the SEC tournament. Yeah, I'd get the tattoo. Um, yeah, fair enough. All right. I'm in for two grand and two tattoos. 
Peyton, what's the best thing you learned this week? Best thing I learned this week, uh, I didn't really learn a whole lot. Um, I just learned that future Bears quarterback, uh, Caleb Williams, uh, he dispelled the rumors that he wouldn't play in Chicago by citing the fact that he likes Michael Jordan and Walter Payton. Walter Payton, of course, where I take my namesake from. Uh, so Caleb Williams, uh, we're happy to have you. Uh, we're super excited to get this going. Uh, this will be a long four-year relationship. Peyton, did you see uh, when Patrick Kane came back, uh, Michael Jordan wasn't there, but he had a video um, that they played at the at the arena, and the video started with, hi, I'm Michael Jordan. I did not see the hype video. I saw, like, they did a bunch of stuff for Patrick Kane. I did not see that. That's really cool. <laughs> I don't know why he needed to clarify that. I think I could spot <laughs> Michael Jordan like in a sea of people, I would be like, that's Michael Jordan right there. Like he's very, very Michael Jordan looking. Um, so that's cool. I heard, I heard after the, uh, that Patrick Kane scored a game winner and then everyone gave him, everyone in Chicago gave him a standing ovation, even though it was, he did. It was an OP. Wings. Yeah. Is that, is that loser behavior? Cause it's not, your uh, team. the Blackhawks are the worst team in hockey this year. So no, I, All right. whatever. All right. Fair, fair. Kenny, what'd you learn? Uh, best thing I learned this week, uh, if you guys didn't notice, the, the coaches were wearing white number 40 shirts during practice this past week, and that was to honor Norris Stevenson, who was the first black player in school history. Uh, I think it's a, a good gesture to, to close out Black History Month. Um, I mean, you break barriers, you talk about all different sports, and Norris Stevenson broke that barrier and was the first uh, black football player in Mizzou history. Very cool that they're still honoring him to this day. I think it would be really cool as well, maybe down the line, that they have like a number 40 patch for mm. someone who is that minority leader on the team as well. Maybe that that's something they think about. Or even like we, there isn't much like history or tradition with like handing down numbers, but the number 40 handed down to someone of that caliber who's a leader like that would be very cool in my opinion. Yeah, I like, the, cool I like the patch idea that – yeah, to like it, it can turn it into more of a tradition thing, and yeah, it can it can be a leadership example. That's 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 a good idea. Um, the best thing I learned this week, uh, I'm I'm also sticking in just the 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 narrative of I guess of I guess positivity and a more real topic. But I, I saw this last night. It was a tweet from a New Mexico um, Lobos player who. It's a long tweet. His name is Braden Applehans. I think is how you pronounce his last name. He's actually from Kansas City uh, originally, but just had a a long post on Twitter. Um, I guess he hadn't been playing for New Mexico, had been dealing with a bunch of like mental health stuff. And I just uh, I thought it was a good post. He was very open about it, kind of shared his his story about that. And it's a very important thing for sports. So I thought I'd uh, I thought I'd acknowledge it. That's something, you know, we as sports fans, you know, sometimes see these players kind of just as like robots who play the game. But, you know, he, he described it as like, you know, I, I realized I had kind of an invisible injury that I needed to take care of. And he's like, I'm now in a better place. So, you know everyone's everyone's a real person too with feelings so as much as you know we watch them and put a lot of investment into them on tv and stuff i just thought this was pretty cool and hopefully uh he gets a chance to be on the sideline and enjoy his uh, team being in the ncaa tournament because mexico is very good on that note but thought i'd acknowledge that mental health is important take care of yourselves people he did say he'd be back in a lobos jersey next year so Mm -hmm. I do like a lot of the positive replies as well. Uh, you'll get some assholes and jerk offs that get in there and say stupid stuff, but this is nice that a lot of the people are um, having his back and telling him it's brave of him to even like 
write this and and tell people about it and make a difference for others that could be in the same situation as him as a student athlete. Yeah, definitely. That, like, I would hope if this is a Mizzou player, like they would feel the comfortability of the fan base to like, you know, be open and, and vulnerable about that kind of thing. But good for Braden. And yeah, he I think he's only like a sophomore, so he'll be he'll be back. Hope to see him on the on the court for Lobos. And he's a Kansas City re reps the state. So, you know, who knows what he could uh, what he could kick on and do. On that note, Peyton. Yes, yes. Let's end on a joke. Let's end on a on a little on a dubious query. Um <laughs> hey, hey, hey guys. What should you do if you meet a giant? You know, P five O bum giant. Give me a hand. I went through New York. <laughs> You think they hang out? Uh, no, like, I'll give you a hint. How would you communicate with a giant? Through a megaphone. I'd climb a beanstalk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I would right. climb the beanstalk. What do either of those have to do with communicating? You use big words. That's it? <laughs> Kenny, guess what? I have a bonus joke I've been saving just for when you've been back on the show, just for you. I told go this to it, Peyton. Yeah. It, it did not it did not go very well in the focus group that is Peyton, so we'll see how it goes with you. But I heard this the other day. What do you call a happy transformer? I don't know. Optimistic prime. Peyton, you want to close out the <laughs> show for us? That's going to do it for this episode of The Unwritten Rule. Uh, Thanks so much for watching. We'll be back on Sunday, hopefully. Monday, Monday, Monday. Sorry, Monday. There's a reason why you don't do this. We record on Sunday, but we'll be back for you guys on Monday unless you uh, somehow hack into our room and watch us record. But we'll be back on Monday. Um, As always, we're sponsored by Bet Online, So go check them out for all your sports wagering needs. Uh, This has been The Unwritten Rule. I'm Peyton Haverman. 